This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. You know, it was about the Asian attack stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, somebody DMs me. Yeah. And somebody I follow is China Mac, mm-hmm. right? And you know what China Mac yeah. is, right? Big ass fucking Chinese rapper, dude, rapper yeah. right? Yeah. And it was interesting because I was, I haven't listened to a lot of China Mac's music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have listened to a couple. He has, he has one with uh, Dave East that's really dope. Okay. And China Mac can fucking rap. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of like Asian rappers that I I personally enjoy a lot, mm-hmm. but he's one of them where it's like he he. In five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, it's recording. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have Edric Park back in the house. Right now, it's a battle of the Eds. There's Ed Park, <laughs> and there's now Don't Edric. get it twisted, man, all right? <laughs> this guy this guy gets confused, too. I, like... Sometimes on the thing, I just put... I actually fuck up both <laughs> your guys' titles, and I switch your guys' tags all the time. Yeah. What you been doing? Uh, just continuing to live that COVID <laughs> life, bro. What else can I do, you know? You got vaccinated. I did. I did How fucking vaccinated. lucky. You don't look like you're 65. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky with it. Um... So, I mean, but more than anything, it's uh, my parents getting vaccinated is what really gives me peace of mind because that should have me paranoid, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just getting situation getting worse and worse. And here's the crazy shit. Like, it's gotten better, better, right? Mm-hmm. And people are saying, oh, look, you know, the numbers are dropping. Yeah, but the numbers just dropped to summer levels in 2020. That's not anything to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's like when it was really starting to get bad. Yeah. So, it's like... It's crazy here in America because the smallest amount of drop in numbers is like a reason to celebrate. All right, we yeah, can yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. go out now. We can go back to normal. When do you think uh, we'll probably get back to normal? Oh, not until 2022. Fuck, At man. the earliest, for sure. It's so long. Yeah, but look at it, bro. Look at the people here in America. Even if they can get vaccinated, which they'll be able to by summertime, mm-hmm. everybody will be able to get it without any restrictions. It's like, what? I don't I don't know the exact number, but I if I were to guess, I would say maybe like a third or less a little less than don't want to get vaccinated. So mm. you know what I mean? Why do, why are people so apprehensive? Is, is it because they feel like it's not tested enough yet and something's gonna well, happen to them? One what one big thing is politics, mm. right? Is is like these uh ex Trumpers or I I guess not even ex Trumpers, still current Trumpers um yeah. feel like not wearing my a, president. Yeah, like, wearing no, he's, a mask, socially distancing, vaccinating mm-hmm. is all like you being a snowflake in a beta. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. It's like that's the wildest shit ever. Um, I don't understand that at all. Well, I remember when the the vaccine first came out. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like media is is so interesting, right? They they put out these these fucking fluff pieces or whatever the fuck it is, right? Mm-hmm. These exaggerated pieces mm-hmm. where 
they go, oh, well, people, who, there's somebody who got the vaccine and this and X amount of things happened or whatever, but they don't ever talk about the probability of, you know, all vaccines have side effects, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they start doing this stuff just to make people worry because it's going to get their articles views, yeah, right? But literally all my friends in the medical field have gotten the vaccine now, first and second shot. And I'm talking about 100% of them, they've yeah. all been okay. Right. A hundred. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't know a shit ton of people who are doctors, mm-hmm. but doctors, nurses, teachers, everybody mm-hmm. who's getting a shot right now, a hundred percent of them. And that's probably, I'd say at least like 15 or 60 people that I know mm-hmm. that have gotten the, the the shot and has zero side effects. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, even, even if the, you do have the side effects, because now I have uh, some friends who've gotten their second rounds already. Mm-hmm. And some of them have talked about getting like a fever and like oh, body yeah, yeah, aches yeah. and, you know, but that's a small price. Okay. One day of that versus possible death. Yeah. Or like some permanent, um, you know, loss of taste or like losing some sense that you have. I mean, it, the trade-off is easily worth it. Um, yeah. But- I, when my brother got it, he said that he had what? He had like a fever for a day and then the next day he was fine. Dude, yeah. I, I'll I mean, take that shit. You guys exactly, don't want that shit. For sure. For sure. But, you know, you have politics involved in it. And yes, you do have those anti-vaxxers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just have people who are skeptical, just skeptical of it. Like... Uh, is it safe if I get it? Am I going to experience any side effects, short term and long term? Give those anti-vaxxers some AIDS and see <laughs> see how they feel. It's like we have the vaccine yeah. for AIDS. It's like, yeah. no, we're good, man. Yeah. I'm good. I don't believe in that shit. I'm just going to have my apple cider vinegar yeah. and I'll be okay. You fucking and I'm, fucks. I'm just going to die an early death. It's fine. Oh, did you hear fucking? Um, this is this doesn't actually come as a shock. To, not not so much as a shock. But I wasn't really affected like other people were, but Daft Punk splitting. Yeah, that right? was uh, that was crazy. It was completely out of the blue. And Did you see the video? Yeah, I did. The video was so fucking obscure. How the fuck did people know that they broke up from that <laughs> shit? Like when I saw it, what it looked like is he murdered his best friend. Yeah, so I yeah. didn't know that they yeah. were split from yeah, that. Why are you moving your foot? <laughs> 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 you better get that shit out. You know, I'm just trying to play footsies. That's what I'm talking about. He's linked toes. And he can grab my toe with his other toe. <laughs> I'm just trying to interlock our toes together, like, bro. What are you doing? So we feel connected. I don't want to feel. I don't want to feel split like that punk. I want to feel. Connected. Connected, yeah, yeah, you're the, you're the <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, it was crazy. It was crazy, like, because it, it just happened out of the blue, and everybody's kind of speculating all, as to why they would split. Because, you know, the thing is, like, if they decided to split, and it was just kind of like an internal decision between them of, like, yeah, you know what? We, we did our thing, uh, and let's just, you know, kind of end it. Let's just go out on top, so to speak. Or maybe it was uh, really messy. Maybe they were trying to work on a project and they could not agree on it, which I doubt considering how long their history together has been. They've been together since what, early 90s? Yeah. It's been a long yeah, it's time. it's been a long time. Yeah, the 90s for sure. Yeah, multiple Grammys. <laughs> the, the weird thing is like, I don't, I didn't know about, okay, that's not true. I knew about Daft Punk, but I didn't know how uh popular they were oh yeah until dude. the pharrell album the oh, pharrell okay. track the the random access memories album exactly yeah, the get lucky single from there exactly yeah yeah with uh, niles rogers exactly yeah. so when i when i heard that shit and you know they were doing the collab with daft punk i've heard heard of them before yeah but obviously the sound of that album was completely different right mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was hip-hop it was edm it mm-hmm. was all this other stuff mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize how huge of a cult following that they had. Yeah, dude. And I also didn't know that nobody knows what they look like since like the early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, uh, they're, they're one of the, I guess like groups or artists 
um, who did an impeccable job with their branding because mm. it just stayed consistent throughout their whole career. And yes, the the whole robot thing, the image of it and everything evolved over time, but it was always on brand with what they were trying to do. Um, and bro, they were they were hugely influential. You know what I, I mean? Look at uh, Kanye's Stronger track, right? That was that was oh, sampling that's, that. Yeah, that's right. Well, it was Daft Punk sampled a song, and Kanye sampled, sampled. the sample, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, but yeah, that's that's what it was based off of. You know? They they're they're what they're Parisian. No, yeah, yeah, Parisian. Yeah, they are. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I feel like when people talk about Daft Punk. Mm. <laughs> I think it's hard for people to say. I think when I was reading online, they're like, "Oh my god, Daft Punk broke like broke up." Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to ask these people, like, "What's that fucking Daft Punk song that you know, bitch?" Like, besides the one, besides the <laughs> shit from Kanye and Pharrell, yeah, yeah. what's the Daft Punk song that you know? Because yeah. sometimes I feel like online people are very disingenuous about the stuff that they like, mm-hmm. only because people are are like blowing it up that yeah. they feel like they have to put their two cents. But in. You, you know what the thing is, is that they the reason why like even the new generation knows Daft Punk is because they they were able to stay relevant by working with big artists like at the weekend, mm-hmm. right? I feel it coming, uh Starboy, right? Th- those are Daft oh, Punk. Oh, that was Daft Punk. Yeah, too? that's Daft Punk. Fuck. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a hater then. Yeah. Man. So <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, you know, they that's how they've been able to stay relevant throughout the decades is just them making dope ass music as always and then them also collaborating with other huge artists at that time. So, because they definitely have to be in their forties. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, and, they and Daft should Punk be. specifically only they specifically only did EDM, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so electronic no, music. There's no yeah. vocals. There's no nothing like that. It's no, all... no. They did. They did. So they would use a vocoder. That's kind of like their signature mm, thing. Okay. They would sample. But here's the shit, though, bro. They would sample like funk records and stuff. You know what I mean? Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. and then and then turn that into basically electronic music. And before EDM music was like what people know. EDM music as now, like with these all these huge festivals and shit. Back then is when they had the cult following, and then like going into the two thousands, they just started to get huge from that point on. Yeah, and then ever since then, they've kind of been a household name in a sense, without being in the public eye all the time. That's Which the is craziest. Very shit. hard to do. It is. That's why I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, I don't even know what they look like. Yeah, I actually had to Google it, and mm-hmm. I found an old picture of them mm-hmm. from the early nineties, which yeah. clearly they don't look like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But since before or after that, there aren't any published photos of their face. Yeah. So I don't, who knows what they look like. Yeah. That video was so weird and jarring because it was, it was even done with like the, uh, the, the soundtrack of like a, like an 80s kung fu movie or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those 80s like cop movies or some shit. Yeah. And it was so weird because when I was looking at it, I'm like, how did people surmise that they broke up from this? Like he literally blew one of them up. I'm like, I know, I know. But, but I think it was one of those things where like, Oh, is are they trying to say this? And then they confirm with the publicist. The publicist mm. confirmed, yes, you know, they they have broken up. That shit has like twenty one million views. Yeah, dude. But that's that's how big of a following that they have. I mean, honestly, in this day and age, though, I guess twenty one million is not even like astronomical numbers. You got like <laughs> yeah. these K pop bands who are doing like three hundred million in a week. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, freaking out! What's his face? I just saw the numbers today because uh, Bobby Schmurder just got out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From jail, uh-huh. that fool's uh, song, the one that he, uh, the one that he got really popular off of. Uh, fuck, why am I? I'm blanking out right now. But either way, <clears throat> everybody does the dance. Yeah, the fucking dance. Half a fucking billion views, dude. Six hundred something million or something like that. You no, know, there are videos that are in the billions of views now. 
I've I've been seeing that. I mean, I'm sure it's existed, but Mm. I've only personally been seeing it for the first time in like the past month. And I'm like, holy shit, is this a billion views? That's definitely (laughs) size. Kangnam style has a million views. Yeah, I I would I would say I think that's a safe bet to say he has a billion views. I haven't seen, you know, that video in a long time. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that Bobby Smurda was in jail. (laughs) He was in jail for fucking like six years. Holy shit. I just thought he fell off. For what? I think it's like racketeering and Mm. all that other shit. But he was like gang affiliated. I mean, he had a couple of priors yeah. uh, before he got in jail with this one. But I guess mm. like his music group, mm. um, he calls it a music group. But they're considered, I guess the police considered them a gang or mm. some shit like that. Okay. But it was like. Just doing dumb shit. Yeah, don't don't quote <laughs> me on this. But it was like racketeering murder. You know, just yeah. the typical shit like that. Hey, bro, you you an artist now, man. You can make some money, you know, doing that shit. You don't got to do all that illegal shit anymore. He you did know? a bid for like six, six seven years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like he had to negotiate that down. Mm-hmm. But he negotiated it down where, where it was like him and his associate. Yeah. They were only going to do time for seven years together. Okay. Um, I guess people respected that a lot because he didn't snitch. Mm-hmm. You know, conversely to like Takashi Six Nine, where he snitched on his whole crew. <laughs> so it was like a huge fucking thing. Uh-huh. Everybody's celebrating his release, like yeah. Quavo. Everybody's tweeting it out. Yeah, but it's kind of nuts, man. I don't think the the thought that you can go to jail for six or seven years after you had a popping record, mm-hmm. you made all this fucking uh, money off of music, mm-hmm. and at the time when he first started rapping or performing, and this is him. This is six seven years ago. This is him just starting off. Like mm-hmm. each show, he was making a minimum of like twenty grand. Yeah. Like 20K each for a young person like that for each show. And he was touring a lot. Mm-hmm. And he went to jail for some stupid shit like that. It's like, man, I always wonder too. It's like, ha, ha, I can't do that. Like if I'm already making money legitimately, yeah. what's the point? Exactly. Well, I guess it's I guess it's hard because like when that's kind of their background and that's their life. I mean, it, it's like you either move out of the hood or you stay in the hood, right? Yeah. And really depends on the person. People, mm-hmm. some people who, you know, were aspiring artists who get to that level of becoming kind of like, you know, an artist that's made. They're like, dude, why, why, why the fuck would I stay in the hood? That's this is why I've been hustling. This is why yeah, I've been yeah. grinding to get myself in a better life, you know, away from all this shit. But then you got, especially if they're younger, maybe they don't have yeah, that type yeah, of yeah. perspective and kind of like life experience, and they're like, you know. Nah, I ain't a bitch, man. I'm, yeah. I'm in the hood for life, you yeah. know? Is this this what I'm about? And if that's the case, then obviously you're not going to be able to stay out of trouble. Dude, there's some like scary people like... <laughs> so the, the other day too, I, w- I was looking through my DMs and I did that video where, uh, you know, it was about the Asian attack stuff, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, somebody DMs me. Yeah. And it's somebody I follow. It's China Mac, mm-hmm. right? And you know what China Mac yeah. is, right? Big ass fucking Chinese rapper, dude, rapper yeah. right? Yeah. And it was interesting because I was... I haven't listened to a lot of China Max music, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I have listened to a couple. He has, he has one with uh, Dave East that's really dope. Okay, and China Mac can fucking rap. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of like Asian rappers that I I personally enjoy a lot, mm-hmm. but he's one of them where it's like he he like raps with a lot of conviction, and he is he's about what he says. Right, right. I mean, he he he's done his time too. You exactly, know? and so. When he messaged me, I want to get him on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure if he comes on this podcast, he probably told everything already online. Mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of curious about other stuff that people haven't asked. Mm. But he is such an interesting character because I, I went to go see his channel mm-hmm. and it's gone. Mm-hmm. His his YouTube channel is completely gone. Why? Uh, and then I went back to his Instagram to look through a few things. So apparently China Mac deleted his YouTube and his music off of all of his platforms, oh. iTunes, Spotify, or whatever. Uh-huh. Or if it's still on Spotify, I, I'm not sure what's happening with that, right? Yeah. But uh, he went online and he did this um, 
a YouTube live because I asked a couple of other people where he was talking about he's quitting music forever. Uh-huh. Like he's done with fucking music. And he kind of went on this diatribe about getting people to understand why it's so hard to be an independent artist because a lot of people don't see the costs that it takes to make this specific piece of art. Yeah. But a lot of people are asking for more content, but they're not willing to pay for the stuff that they see. Mm-hmm. So China Mac was talking about, well, there's this, um, there's this music video that I did. Uh, I had to rent out the, the prisoner guard outfits. I had to rent out the truck, the, the music video people, the producers. He goes, basically what happens with music, the music producer, the, the album artist, the, the, uh, the, the people on set, whatever, the PAs, everybody gets a check before me and the artist gets the last check. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants me to continue music. You guys verbally say that you support me, but I'm out here. I don't have any fucking money. So where's the support? So he's like, I'm pretty much done with music. I got to do something that feeds me. And I think like his fans had like this weird, weird reaction to it. Part of it was like, hey, yo, keep your head up. Like keep mm-hmm. doing this shit, make it a hustle. Mm-hmm. But other fans kind of felt that, yo, you're kind of dissing us. Like we, we, we're supporting you. What about the fans that do support you? Which I kind of understood his, his standpoint, you yeah. know, where I, I think now because everybody gets a cut of what, whatever you do, it's hard for him to survive as an artist. I, I just don't understand though why he would, take down all this content i mean why, why not just i mean yeah you could quit music but i don't i don't understand kind of the mentality of like I removing well, everything after he did that and the only reason why i found out that he removed his music was mm-hmm. because he put up a post on his instagram where he was talking about um he's actually doing the thing that you did where it's distributing music out personally versus mm-hmm. putting it through other platforms oh i see okay so, and uh, that was per advice of some of his friends or some uh-huh. of his friends in the industry, in the music industry. It's like, yo, why don't you just distribute your music directly for people? If you have a fan base that's strong enough yeah. to go ahead and distribute your music directly to them. Uh-huh. And that's how you can make that check. Uh-huh. If people really fuck with you, if they say that they verbally fuck with right. you, then they'll buy your music right. you know, directly, which was kind of interesting. And I guess like that's he decided to do music again. He's re-releasing his albums mm-hmm. and selling it out that way. Mm, okay, okay. So it was just kind of like retooling himself to figure out how, how can I monetize this better or how can I focus it a little bit better. Yeah. I see. That makes sense then. Yeah. Um, for me, it was the other way around where like if for the first, I, I forget how however much time it was, whether it was like a few months or whatever. Yeah. It was the only way you'd be able to access the music was through the website and basically getting digital or physical or both mm-hmm. from from that channel. And then once kind of like, that so it, it was kind of planned out that way where like the first wave is going to be from there and then once kind of momentum starts to slow down start slowly putting it on these other platforms whether it be your youtube your soundclouds your your spot and and kind of regenerate interest again bring mm-hmm. it to new audiences that was kind of the goal with that um but now in this day and age i mean because bro think about it that shit was already like five six years ago yeah how much things have changed since yeah. then right i mean you and i were just talking about it before we started this with nfts mm-hmm. right and, and and digital art how how that's going to be a game changer and, yeah. and we're gonna you know we'll save that conversation for when we have you know our special guests for that yeah. but the game is different now man it's different you know it's and it's just one of those things where it's like you can be an artist sure and you could you could create what you're good at creating but you have to understand also how you're going to distribute this using all the tools that are available in the online space for you to maximize you being an artist and, and you being able to make a living as an artist. And if you're not with that, now we're not at a time where people, because back in the days, people were like, oh, I'm just an artist. 
I don't want to have to deal with the business shit. Let my manager deal with it. You don't have a manager. Okay, well, I'm going to get a manager so they yeah, can yeah, deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Now you have to kind of wear multiple hats in that in that regard. You can't just be an artist artist. You have to, you really have to understand the business side of it, at least if you want to be independent anyway. And there's more than enough tools out there to stay independent, but it's a different kind of hustle. It's a different kind of grind now. You know what I mean? Like if you're a music artist, it's not just about, oh, being in the studio and just pumping out five mixtapes, like like the Weezy yeah, model, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Just yeah. pumping out mixtapes every couple of months and pushing that shit out. It's like, yeah, back then you still had people, well, I'm sure in certain parts of the the country too, they still do it, but like pushing it out the trunk of the car, all these mm-hmm. bootleggers, you, you, you get it out to them. And then these leaks that you create, right? And then people get their hands on it and spread it all around. But it ain't just like that anymore. You know what I mean? It, the game has changed so much. And if you aren't up to date with that, you evolve or die. Yeah. It's really that simple. And it's a shame for some talented artists who die because they don't evolve. Yeah. And I, and I think for him, too, when he was talking about on some of these videos, and I'm pretty sure those videos got taken down. But somebody sent me a, a I asked a couple of people if they had the video so I could see him talking about mm-hmm. it. And I think for him, it was just, I think it was very disheartening, right? Especially because of his past life. Like, I... Like, I mean, I read, I might be wrong about all this information because I read about him years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But he did a bid for about 10 years for attempt for attempted murder. Yeah. The guy didn't die. I think the person that he shot actually got paralyzed, mm-hmm. right? And so when he, for somebody to kind of change his life around and do something in the positive way, but then obviously, you know, having to reform yourself you have an idea of what you want to happen if it doesn't happen that way you get a little disappointed yeah kind of you know it's, it's very disheartening and especially for him he did what he did a bid for 10, ten years at rikers because he for attempted murder <laughs> it was over some fucking thuggish ass shit too so i guess for china mac years he he got somebody stabbed him right mm-hmm. and he was out in public he was with one of his homies and in his mind, he he told himself that if he ever f- sees the person who stabs who stabbed him, he's just gonna fucking murk him on the spot. Yeah. That's him. He had a, he had a piece on him at all, all times. Yeah. Right. And so he sees the dude. He's about to blast this dude on site. Homie comes and steps in front of him. He goes, "Hey, not right here. It's a very public area." Didn't really get to release his pent up aggression, and anger, and it's it's mulling through his head. So he goes to this club spot where Jen is at. Um, one of his homies, he's already in a pissed off mood, bad mood. He was he was already in the mind state to kill. Yeah. And one of his homies said that Jin is here and Jin disrespected him, not China Mac per se, but him, because something along the lines of his girl is trying to he was macking at this dude's girl or some shit like that, right? So China Mac was like, All right, let's run up on him then. That's it. That's yeah. all it fucking took, because he was in a bad fucking mood. So saw him go to the bathroom, took him into a fucking bathroom stall, pushed him up against the wall, and you know, he had a gun on him, but one of his friends, one of Jin's friends went up behind China Mac. He noticed it, turned around, whatever, put him on his knees or some shit like that. And he put the gun where he specifically said was at like the base of his skull right here. He pulled the trigger, gun jammed, got lucky. Yeah. Because if his gun didn't jam, he would have murdered him and he right. would have been in jail for life. Right. That would have been done. And he, he went to squeeze another one and somehow his hand moved or some shit, shot the dude in the spine uh-huh. and paralyzed him. And then he was on the run for about a fucking year. Yeah. And even before that, he w- he apparently wasn't, he did a bid for three years before that too. Mm. And this dude has been gangbanging since he was like a little teen. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess his dad was affiliated too with like a, with like Chinese mafia. I don't remember the, the, the set's name or whatever, mm-hmm. whatnot, but apparently it's like affiliated through like, you know, the OG East right. Coast Chinese mafia shit. Um, and then he, 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 he got involved in a gang 
um, that was actually rivaled to his father's gang mm. to because he hated his fucking dad because his dad was never around. So <laughs> yeah. he was like, well, fuck it then. I'm, I'm going to join a different gang. And yeah. since then, he was like a hardened, hardened like gangster and criminal, mm. which is kind of nuts. And he takes that and he puts it into music, which a lot of people, just because they're thugs, doesn't mean they can rap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, for he, sure. I mean, like some people might have that credibility, but they're garbage rappers. You know? I know. <laughs> like, or just garbage, whatever they're trying to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like... Uh, so, somewhat familiar uh with that story uh and it, it is kind of sad for not just him but just artists of kind of like because you would consider him and like some of these other artists like around the same age more old heads right yeah they're not, they're not the new generation mm-hmm. and an old head trying to acclimate himself or herself into the new generation new way of things it can be pretty daunting, man. Yeah. Just just figuring out, okay, how do I record music? How do I get this shit out? That's that's a process in and of itself, figuring that out. And now it's like, how do I make money off of this shit? What 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 tools do I use? How do I use YouTube? How do I use Instagram? How do I use Snapchat? You know, yeah. uh, and that could be a real uphill battle to trying to figure that unless you got like really well-versed people around you who are very familiar with those platforms who can help you out. And I feel like for him too, he has a lot of integrity, right? So in in terms of him loving hip hop and Mm -hmm. music, Mm -hmm. he has that traditional love for that genre. So he wants to pay homage and respect Mm -hmm. to the way that he raps and and the stuff that he raps about, right? Problem with that, that doesn't really sell nowadays. Again, old head. Yeah, like an old head type of shit, right? I mean, he did put out a track that he said wasn't very much like him, but it was probably, in my personal opinion, was one of his best tracks he's ever put out. Mm. It's this track called Not That Tough. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) he releases that track, and then he just says, I'm done with music. I'm Mm. like, well, that was probably one of your better tracks that you've ever done. Yeah. So he is leveling up. But on the other side, it's like, is he going to be like a Takashi 6ix9ine? You know what I mean? Have you seen that documentary about him on Hulu? About Takashi? Yeah. No, it's it's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. It's it, it goes back into this whole idea of it's not about artistry, it's not about music, it's you doing whatever you can to be famous. For sure. And that is his whole shtick, right? And so even back in the day when uh, Charlemagne the God and one at uh one oh six point five, he called them out. He goes, mm-hmm. So when are you done with this whole like facade thing? Right? He goes, Oh, you think this shit's not real? It's not real. But it wasn't. So when you go into this documentary, first of all, the documentary opens up insane. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this documentarian. He's in the neighborhood and he's interviewing the the projects that uh, Takashi Six Nine grew up in. Yeah. So he's talking to one of the neighbors, and as he's asking, he goes, "So do you know who Daniel is or whatever, whatnot?" And then one of the other neighbors comes down. He goes, "Hey, hey, are you fucking talking about Daniel? Don't fucking talk about Daniel." Starts cursing out the the the, the dude that lives in the same. He goes, "Oh, I'm just telling him I know who he is." He goes, "Fuck you! Don't say shit." And this other lady comes down. She goes, what are you yelling him for? It's like, he's talking about Daniel. He goes, tell him to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I don't know what that whole shtick is about. But they get into this whole process of, of Takashi 6ix9ine's start, right? Obviously, he, very troubled childhood. Grew up fucking dirt poor. Had a kid at a super young age. But one thing that everybody says that's consistent is that he always wanted to be famous. Mm. And he was doing anything he could to make sure he was famous. Yeah. And that was his shtick. So back in the day, he would wear shirts that were really fucking stupid. Like it would say like, uh, I don't know, I eat pussy on it. And then people would be like, that's, this guy's fucking crazy. And he would feed off of that. Oh, it's like, oh, if I wear a a stupid shirt, somebody's going to notice me. Cool. I'll wear this stupid. It's actually kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
And so he would start doing crazier shit. Then he would start putting on the rainbow hair colors. And then people are like, oh, you're the kid with the rainbow hair. Mm-hmm. So he goes, oh, if I keep doing dumb shit and stupid stuff, people are going to recognize me and recognize me. Then he started doing music videos with like, you know, at that time when uh, hood people were starting to, you know, cling on to like Japanese uh, anime shit, right? Mm-hmm. So he started naming all his tracks like popular phrases that you would see in animes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of his songs is called like Shinigami, right? With Death mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And then, you know, all these nerds would start liking him. And then all these other like, he was trying to grab anything that he fucking could. Yeah. Do whatever he can. But what bit him on the ass was that he kind of bit more than he could chew. Oh, I mean, that's not a sustainable model. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he started trolling real gangsters and shit. Like, that was the part that blew my mind. Yeah, he would be in LA and, you know, because he's like this so-called blood, right? Mm-hmm. He would start trolling these crypt members right like real crypt members and he would kind of like post a video of him being at like a mall somewhere in 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 la right and like the dudes would see it and they'd go after you know go over there to find them but then it turns out he recorded that hours before and he posted on there like he was actually there so like he would troll these dudes and then they would go looking for him and you know I'm like, oh, dude, when he started doing shit like that, I'm like, okay, man, you're not, you're not going to last, bro. Like, you, you're playing with fire constantly now. It's weird, too. And, I, and you know what the sad thing is when I was watching this documentary? It was also a reflection of what matters to the youth, right? And it's, it's not about creating things. It's mm-hmm. just about what can I do so anybody will look at me. Mm. And this is generally where this generation is going. Yeah. And it's very and highly evident in Takashi 69 Because even after they found out, like, number one, he's not really a thug. He was just a troll mm-hmm. that kind of just was sucking his own dick too hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because what happened was he almost got murdered mm-hmm. once for it. And then after that, he went and he was going to go to jail for the racketeering and all this other bullshit, which he was not prepared for. Right. He was never a thug. He was never a gangster. Yeah. So, you know, him playing up that part, he was supposed to go to jail for fucking life. Yeah. And then he, what, what, what does he do? He rats everybody out, which goes <laughs> to show he's not really about that life. Right. right. But still gets millions of spins. People still fuck with him and they yeah. think that it's cool. So this these young kids are going to follow suit. Well, he's like a, it's meme culture. You yeah. know what I mean? He was like a living, breathing meme. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I'll give you an example of that type of mindset actually working positively. Mm. Somebody like Mr. Beast on YouTube. Mm. His whole thing was the same thing. I just want to be a famous YouTuber. Yeah. Whatever it takes for me to be able to get that, I'm just going to try different. So when he started out, he had no like uh, purpose in terms of what his personality or what his thing was going to be as a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm just going to try different things. But before we continue this podcast, let's talk about one of our amazing sponsors, Care Of, my friends. If you have not heard of Care Of, where have you been? It is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel amazing. All of Care Of's products are formulated with good-for-you clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care Of is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind each of their products, which help you relax because you don't have to worry about anything. Your recommendations come in daily, individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into the routine. See, February can still be a fresh start for the new year and your resolutions don't have to be big. And even small, impactful changes are just as important, like adding a daily vitamin to help support your energy, sleep, or fitness to target those goals, whether in the short 
or long term. I love care of all I had to do was take a very simple quiz and they kind of diagnosed what I needed for my vitamin supplementation based on the stuff that I personally care about. So it's super awesome. It's really easy to do. You have nothing to lose but to improve your life. So for all my genius brain listeners, make sure you get this deal for 50% off your first care of order. Go to takecareof.com and enter code genius 50. Once again, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code genius 50 to get that deal today and improve your health or to maintain a healthy lifestyle. With him, he was a little bit more business minded about it. Yeah. Like, okay, I did this uh, live streaming counting to 100,000 in real time and it got this many views. Okay, this type of stuff works. So I'm going to start focusing on this type of thing. And then eventually he kind of got into the whole philanthropy shtick, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like he actually enjoys giving yeah. to people. So I'm I'm not going to go as far as calling it a shtick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he there's a genuine sense of like wanting to give too. But it also happens to get him a ton of views. Yeah. And then he just kept refining, refining, refining and landed on basically the model of where he's at now is doing all these crazy things having to do with giving money away or giving you know items away or whatever and dude look at how many views he gets man he drops a video and like within a couple of days he's at like 5 million views within a week he's at like 10 15 million views you know every video he drops gets double digit million views so like what he does now is that uh, all the stuff that he gives away is sponsored now. Yeah, yeah. So, so it doesn't even come out of his own pocket yeah, anymore. Yeah, so he's 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 been doing that too. Like the whole million dollar thing, I think, was sponsored by uh, Honey, right? Yeah. That, that uh, cashback or whatever mm-hmm. app. Um. So yeah, he does get a... I mean, he's he's transparent about that, that he sponsors are what helps him to do these bigger and better things. But then there are times too when he does do it out of his own pocket. Yeah. But whatever the case is, like... That's a that's a good example of how doing whatever it takes to get famous mm-hmm. puts somebody in the right uh, path. But I would say that, I mean, it's a lottery to get big in and of itself, but then to go in a positive way yeah. within that, that's like, you know, one in a billion. Like I, I would think too, because, you know, back in the day, if you were kind of outed out as somebody who was fake or kind of lived the fake life, like your mm-hmm. career was done. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to fuck with this dude. He's right. not even about that shit. Yeah. But it kind of shows where values lie. It's like, well, he's, he's, it doesn't matter. You know, like we'll, we'll, we'll still fuck with him no matter what. I yeah. mean, he's, he's still getting the same views. Yeah. Like a part of me looks at that. and I'm like, this kid won. Like he, he won. Yeah. No, I mean, th- that's the thing though. That's, that's kind of like the culture we're in right now. Yeah. Is people, people don't give a fuck to really like confirm things they might hear oh yeah you know that dude's a fake fuck every he's a phony whatever you know i'm not even gonna pay attention to it yeah, you know yeah what i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna fact check it i'm just gonna fuck with it because i like his music or i like what he does or he's a wild guy he's very entertaining you know yeah. whatever the case is that's where we're at that's where we're at I, and like you just brought up maybe back in like let's say the 90s you got a a rapper who's actually you know what though we got we got plenty of uh, artists too who uh, pretended to be kind of like about that gang life and you know mm. gang culture, but it was more of like they're playing up, you know mm. that that whole thing, right? Mm. I mean that's existed since I would say like probably the nineties. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But they weren't as 
I guess, crazy about it. Like a guy like Takashi, he went above and beyond with everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's I to in a sense, I feel like has always that's exactly what marketing is, right? Is yeah. about figuring out how are we going to market this artist to an audience that we think he'll or she or he will hit with, and that's how you kind of upsell something. Oh. You know, he's from a bad neighborhood. Maybe we can upsell the fact that he's a gangster. You know, mm-hmm. he has affiliation, his family members or whatever. So that artist himself, I mean, I don't want to na- name any names particularly. Yeah. You know, I- I'm happy with my life. Yeah. And living, so, um, but certain artists like later on in their career, like even their own moms would say, oh, yeah, you know, he was never this bad. He got worse after he started rapping. Mm. You know, after he started oh, getting famous. You know famous. what? I, I remember somebody calling out Paul Wall mm-hmm. about that shit. Because mm-hmm. he went to like a private Christian school. He mm-hmm. was like a super cool guy. And all of a sudden he had the grills in his mouth and everything else like that. Yeah. I, I forgot who called him out, but Paul Wall was one of them mm-hmm. too. And and that's when you would say it's like kind of like appropriating, right? Mm-hmm. You're appropriating like poor people's life. Yeah. And that, that culture when yeah. it's really sad, but so that you can sell records, you yeah. know? Uh, and you can get more, I guess, views and hits. You know what's nuts? Like e- even the concept of like the whole cultural appropriation thing, it became a really. I didn't realize how big of a deal it's been since f- for a while. Like even since uh, Vanilla Ice, mm-hmm. like there was a specific interview that Vanilla Ice was going. I think it was Arsenio Hall that was interviewing him. He kind of asked him about what do you think about people saying that you're, you know, that you're basically culturally appropriating like black culture and making it profitable for you. Because these aren't like new issues. Like this is stuff that's been there since back in the day. Yeah. Because basically, what what was brought up is like you're basically a biter of MC Hammer, and you're pay- taking his shine, and you're making money off of his stuff, mm-hmm. right? And then you know, Vanilla Ice responded, "It's like I-, I can't control what I do. Like that's just them. If they think that, and that is what it is. But this has been a topic that's been going on for a very fucking long time. Yeah. Because it seems like all this stuff seems really uh, recent. Like oh, pe- people haven't brought this stuff up at all. But it's not true. Like mm-hmm. when I just looked it up, I was like, oh. Vanilla yeah, Ice went through that for shit. Sure. It's been around for, sure. for since you know when I was a little kid. Yeah, it, no, it's it's been around for a long time, and, and it's not it's not just people appropriate uh, appropriating black culture either. Mm-hmm. I mean, Asian culture. I mean, like every culture gets appropriated in some sense, yeah. right? Uh, it's just that I feel like the big focus here in America has, when it comes to appropriation, has been about appropriating black culture because there's so much entertainment here. The mm-hmm. entertainment industry is here. Mm. But then, you know, you you take like, okay, well, so if somebody is getting like Asian tattoos on their body and they don't even know what the fuck it means, right? That's appropriation, right? Oh, that shit like, I forgot who Jeremy Lin said that shit to, but Jeremy Lin, because he had the cornrows in mm-hmm, his head mm-hmm. and I forgot which basketball player came at him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Jeremy Lin sh- shouldn't do that shit because he's appropriating black culture. And he's yeah. like, well, what's up with the Chinese tattoos on your arms? <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. That's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. It, it, and it's not just with the tattoos. That's just a, you know easy example to understand. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to like Asian culture appropriation, right? Mm-hmm. No one's fucking giving a fuck about that. No yeah. one's no one's saying anything about that. You know what I mean? Like when when uh for example, like um people here Americans are will wear like the the Japanese like uh kind of like the oh the floral, kanji. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where's people screaming appropriation there, yeah. right? That's what I'm saying. It it just kind of ties in with the whole violence against these Asian elders too. Yeah. Is that Asian people are not looked at seriously. Like race and culture is such a 
it's 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 kind of an exhausting topic in this country specifically. Oh, like this country, everything that has to do with anything has to deal with race now. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's it's so funny because the idea of what we ideally want from each other is that oh, race shouldn't even matter, right? But people can't stray away from it. They almost use it as a crutch for themselves, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, there's like a deep-rooted history with Black Americans in this in this country, right? So that's obviously a separate topic. But the hard part is, is like, how are you going to level up from this, right? Not just Black, everybody in this country. I'm talking about Americans in general. It's like, if you want everybody to be to look at you just based on the character of who you are, then you're going to have to move past looking at everything as a race issue, right? And once again, I'm not talking about the recent events that happened in this country with the whole BLM stuff. This is a separate topic. Mm-hmm. But I think now everything is becoming so racially charged and everybody's becoming so hypersensitive. Those lines between what's what can be said appropriately in a positive or negative manner, n- nobody knows, yeah. right? Like, for example, too, like if you describe, like this is a funny-ass sketch, right? Mm. Where uh, it was like a mad TV sketch. <laughs> where uh, somebody was in a retail store and this lady, she got helped out by a black dude. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like when you're in a retail store and you get helped out by somebody, when you're at the cash register, they want to know who helped you out so that they can give them credit or whatever or they get a cut of the sale. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. All right. And then she goes, oh, who helped you out? And she goes, oh, the... Uh, <laughs> he's uh he's tall you know he has brown... He's brown eyes. Yeah. Like everybody has brown eyes. Like yeah. what, what else? He is, he might like hip hop, (laughs) you know, in in that type of situation too. That is actually something that's very real. Like it would, it's very uncomfortable for somebody to say, oh, it's like, oh, that black dude over there helped me out. Yeah. Right. Because what you mean black dude. Yeah. Right. Right? Now. So that begs the question then, have we become, have, has our American culture and society become too, too soft? Oh, I a hundred percent believe it's way too fucking soft. Yeah, like you could walk away and be offended by everything now. Yeah, I, I feel the same, bro. <laughs> and, like, and honestly, too, it's okay for you to feel offended. I think the problem is, is how much you think people should change because of your preference mm-hmm. is the problem that I had. It's mm-hmm. your specific preference. Of, you, you could feel a certain way about it, and you could talk about it or whatever. But the idea of canceling somebody for all this other stuff, oh like, yeah. It's, 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 it's hard. Like, I, I get it too, yeah. right? Because sometimes I get caught up in that type of fervor where I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? Fuck this guy. They shouldn't make a single dime or whatever. But at the same time, like, I still want people to be able to, like, express themselves and say the things that they want to say mm-hmm. without having to feel like everything that they do is going to get canceled. Yeah. Right? And it's just this world where people just don't want to feel bad ever. Like, they never want to feel bad. Like, bitch, you're going to fucking feel bad all the time. You can't yeah. control that shit. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair for, for specifically for creatives and artists, right? Because specifically great art pushes boundaries all the time, whether it's paintings, whether it's drawings, music, stand-up comedy, whatever the fuck that it is, creative writing. It's always going to push boundaries. And if you always want to be comfortable, there's no growth in that. So how do you expect artists to push push forward like stand-up comics like Mm -hmm. they're gonna say some fucked up shit right it's going to happen i have said fucked up shit multiple times but in order for them to work on their set and work on things they cannot be stopped from doing this material or they're just never going to create good things it's just going to be the same bullshit that you see all the time dave Chappelle is dave Chappelle for a reason Mm -hmm. louis ck is louis ck for a reason minus you know jacking (laughs) (laughs) on masturbating in front of people you know (laughs) No, I agree, man. I agree. Is because um, a lot of the times art can be social commentary too. So yeah. if anything, you're kind of holding up a mirror 
and, and saying, you know, a certain thing about it, right? And not to mention, art can also be open for interpretation. Yeah. But then when it's like, no, you cannot say what you think and say what you feel uh, because those are off limits now. Yeah. If you do that, we're going to fucking cancel you. Like, in mass, we're going to cancel you. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, fucking this uh, culture, society, maybe the younger generation and people, a lot of people in, in America these days have become very fucking sensitive and like very trigger happy. Well, like, you, they're just married to the idea that they shouldn't feel any pain. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how do you live like that? Yeah. Well, and, and having that mentality and that mind state, too, is going to set you up for fucking failure. Because every time you're offended, every time you're hurt, you're going to expect other people to pat you on the back. And that's not fucking <laughs> it's not life. Yeah, that, ain't, that ain't life, man. That's not fucking life, man. I'm sorry, man. Like, you're going to have to just figure out how to fucking take the, the hits and punches sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like they're trying to mold this world into a pain-free world. Yeah. And it's never going to be like that. Not in America anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just anywhere in yeah, general. People yeah. are going to say stupid shit. Like you, and especially if you're on the internet, people are going to say even more stupid shit. It actually makes me want to create troll accounts just so I can say offensive shit now. Just to get people to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I should. I'm, fuck, man. The the YouTube comment section, I always say, is the cesspool of America. You <laughs> see everything across the spectrum there, you know? From like straight up racism to like just straight up uh, idiocracy, like yeah. everything. Um, and then I, I see that and I'm like, you know what? There's a good chunk of America that's like that. You know, there's people out there that are like that. Uh, but the sensitivity thing, man, I just feel like people are way too sensitive now. And it's like, really is not that big of a fucking deal, dude. Learn to learn to fucking be able to joke even, about things. Even something like everybody wants to be like this social justice warrior. Nobody even wants to look at intent sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the other day I was looking at a tweet and this person wanted to put this other person on blast, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And this specific individual asked this young Asian girl a question that, yeah, culturally it was a little insensitive, but the intent wasn't bad, right? Before we continue this podcast, let's talk about our amazing sponsor, I. IP Vanish. Now, if you don't know who IP Vanish is, most likely you are browsing the internet in an unsafe manner. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, and even things like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you're doing. IP Vanish is just $349 a month or $27.99 a year. Yes, it's that cheap. You need to protect your online privacy and security. So go to ipvanish.com slash brain, claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting at $349 a month or $27.99 a year. This is the time to sign up with our discount and their current promotional offerings. You can get a VPN for 65% off the usual offering. IP Vanish is the best of the best, even rated 4.7 out of 5 on trust pilot and that's more than six thousand reviews show these guys some love remember it's ipvanish.com slash brain to get the deal and start protecting yourself online and so it was something that was written in chinese and asked her it's like hey do you do you know what this means like could you help me out and then you know she kind of goes off on her like i'm not i'm not chinese you shouldn't even ask people but you know all this other stuff it's like well hold on a second and you know screen caps it puts it up like yo this girl is so stupid for even asking me this is 2021 you shouldn't even do this type of stuff it's like number one 
that girl is your fan. Mm-hmm. She didn't do it because she hates you. Right? It could have just been an honest mistake. It's an honest fucking mistake. <laughs> it's going to happen. If yeah. you keep doing shit like that, people just won't ever fuck with you. Right. Look at the context, though. Yeah. Right? The, like, it wasn't, hey, Ching Chong, can you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It can was, you? hey, my, she fucking thought it's all the same shit. People don't know things, right? There's yeah. stuff that you don't know about other people's culture. Yeah. The difference was that she came at you in a very nice way. She just didn't know. It was an opportunity for you to educate that person or just, you know, in a very kind way. And now that person fucking hates you. Right. Now that person's going to go around fucking hating Asian people. Right. And that's your bad. So it's like in that situation, ignorance, sure. Mm-hmm. Racism, no. ah, that's a stretch, right? Yeah. That's a that's a really far stretch. But so that, like, yeah. if it's coming from a place of ignorance and it's not coming from like, it's not a hostile type of ignorance. Yeah. You can take that moment to be like, hey, you, know, you can't, if you really need to say something, you can't assume, you know, that all Asians are, are Chinese or whatever, right? Um, I'm not whatever you think I am, and I don't know what this says. End the story, right? Yeah, I, I would have just wrote like, LOL, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> or I would have just said some funny shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it actually means that you have AIDS. Yeah, just translate. Yeah, you have, it means you have a bumpy pussy. <laughs> That's what that means, and you're walking around with a tattoo that says "bumpy pussy" on you. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a really that's what I'm saying. Like that sensitive knee jerk reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like, this idea that you have to just constantly hurt people just to get them to understand. Mm-hmm. That was a fan. Mm-hmm. Like it was a fan of this person's content. Yeah. And instead of taking that time to be like, "Hey, you made an on," you think that person is trying to offend you? Yeah. This person likes you. Yeah. Like genuinely likes yeah. you, and you clearly went out of your way to read out of your hundreds of DMs right. to single this person out, right. which is a little weird you know to me in the first place it's like are you looking for your dms to find like angry things it's like to be angered about yeah it's uh i don't know man i i don't i don't know why or how uh it's kind of shifted into this direction maybe maybe because uh getting to be anonymous online uh, played a plays a huge part to that because now people can like virtue signal and just like kind oh, of yeah, say people, whatever the fuck they want everybody's with, a fucking tough guy dude yeah with with a no no like repercussion um and i that could probably be the reason why it yeah. kind of shifted that way but i look at it i'm like man a bunch of sensitive motherfuckers you know i i come from a different time and a different era where you know we joked and said things that might not be considered appropriate these days yeah. but the intention was never meant to be like a hurtful thing like to, towards a group of people or a type of people or whatever yeah now it's like <gasps> yeah oh my god how can you say that in 2021 it's like they're flipping the fuck out <laughs> over everything it's like you don't have to do it that way <laughs> yeah. there are things to be angry about and there's other things that you should that exactly, you don't have to dude. Like, like me too that, that that's a serious thing yeah a lot, like a lot of these motherfuckers who who were you know abusing their power to to do things to people but then that kind of went overboard too like in a sense of like anything and everything that could be remotely close to being perceived as an abuse of power in a certain way is like you are immediately fucking canceled yeah but there's like degrees of that shit too you know we talked about this before Mm -hmm. like louis ck masturbating in front of people yeah that's weird yeah that's weird but it's not 
It's not the same as like fucking roofing somebody and then like raping this person. I think you know every, what I mean? everybody had like a, a had a different take on it right? because the yeah. room was split 50-50 on yeah. the topic because of like um it's like the the the, the argument against Louis is mm. that because he used his power over this person right. to masturbate in front of her, right? But then the other side of the argument was Louis wasn't threatening. He wasn't, he didn't verbally say, like, if you walk out this room, you'll never open for me ever again. Right, right, right. And he asked, he actually asked for consent, mm-hmm. and you agreed upon it. <laughs> and, then yeah. he was, and you stood there, and yeah. you watched him. You watched? I mean, it's not like as soon as he puts his hand on his dick, he nuts. There's a yeah. period there where he needs to work up to it. Right? And yeah. so it was, like a, it was like a weird thing. It was like, yeah. you know, I, I understood both sides of the argument, but it was kind of odd, too, because in my mind, when I first thought of it, I was like, this will fucking... Made, this fool made this girl stay here and watch him and they're like no he jacked off yeah and then she was next to the door and then she stood and watched him like a pervert bro no, kidding, bro kidding, bro kidding. There, there there was enough time during that process to to let that marinate and think ah you know i don't really like this i don't, I don't like what i'm seeing right now it i think i'm gonna thing. turn around and like, leave like i said I, I understand the whole like power argument thing but i guess like for for me anyways when i think about that yeah. it was like I I don't I don't know like I don't know what that feels like so if a dude I I could only speak for myself if a girl just started fingering herself in front of me I'd be like what the fuck are you doing yeah, like exactly. put that fucking disgusting yeah. mousetrap away you nasty bitch what's wrong with you no. she was you'll never work in this town again <laughs> neither will you I'll pick up my phone click exactly you know yeah. you'll never work in this town again either yeah. bitch let's play this game yeah no but I mean that's the thing it's like you know I feel like. Maybe maybe it was an abuse of power, but maybe he's just sick in the head like that, and he he has that type of like you know perversion, like where whether or not he was in that place of power, he would have done that anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's not necessarily the yeah. need to flex power; it's the need to show somebody that hey, I, I, I'm gonna mess. He definitely has a, he has a weird preference for that shit. Yeah, dude. yeah. It's so odd too, because Louis C.K. would talk about that shit in his stand up. I'm like, oh, that shit wasn't stand-up. That shit's real life, huh? At least this motherfucker's honest as shit, huh? Damn. Well, everybody, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. You can catch us every Thursdays and Sundays. Uh, You can catch Ed at Ed2. I almost almost said Ed Park BP. At Ed2. And if you guys want to cop the gear, it's at Secret Society. You can see that uh, on Instagram. And you can go ahead and go on the website and check that out. And we will see you all next time. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.